The Youthscape Podcast. Well, welcome to uh, the Youthscape Podcast. I'm particularly excited because we have a new co-host. In fact, he's literally just waved. <laughs> he's just waved Rachel. at producer Rachel. In a very coy kind of way. Do you want to introduce him? Yes, it's my little boy. It's my little boy. He's 19 months old and he's sat on my lap quietly, which never happens. Can you make a little noise so people can hear that you're if here? You, can you like squeeze him and he makes a noise like a... It doesn't no, work. he's been really quiet. No, it's you that's like strangely quiet. Football, point. don't you? Can you say football? Can you say football? Can you say football? <laughs> can you say football novel that sold four copies? Can you say that? Unbelievable. <laughs> you don't. Anyway, so yes, in I years to come, that will make sense. Yeah. Well, it won't actually. <laughs> and we're adopting him. He's not legally ours yet, so we're not. I'm not going to say his name, but he's our, our little one. He's running around now. There we go. There we go, she's off. He's off. Right, we Bye, Dave. <laughs> he's waving. He's not, to he's you. not really called Dave. That's <laughs> and he's a joke. waving. Oh, football. now you talk. Oh, now you talk. Oh, he's gone to look for his football. Well, anyway, oh. welcome to the Escape Podcast for that little little um, cutesy moment there. Oh, he's come back with his football now. His orange football. Uh, today we are in Rachel's house. Yes. Uh, because obviously you are on adoption leave. I am, yes, I am. So very. So I'm doing nothing at all. Well, I, I don't think that's quite true. But we, we get to have yeah. your the benefit of your insights on the Youthscape podcast here Thank just you. for this year, really. And that, that is your, that's your way of keeping in touch, yeah, isn't it, it for is, those yeah, who care is. about the legalities? Yes, and I, I absolutely love keeping in touch with these guys. I, I think I do the podcast. I want to keep in touch with all you yeah. wonderful youth workers, but I just want to keep in touch with you, producer Rachel and you, Martin Saunders. So this is very exciting. Yes, it is exciting. Welcome to my home. And the kettle is on and my husband's gone to get more milk. So there we go. Well, that's all the hands. information there we go, that, that you need. we needed. So, um, so today's guest, I'm going to tell you right now, today's guest uh, is an interview with the wonderful Rich Wilson, who heads up the student uh, ministry organisation uh, Fusion, mm-hmm. student mission, student ministry? I think it's movement. I think it's a movement, movement. yeah. Um, and so, uh, obviously, we talk uh, on real specialism at Youthscape Sorry and on this podcast. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm very excited because not only does my son have a football in his hand, but he's also pushing a pink buggy. So I feel that somehow he is working both stereotypes of gender. Yeah. So football and a buggy. So sorry, in case you can hear that kind of scraping noise. And I clasped your hand there, Martin, as well to stop you. So I'll now let go of your hand and you can carry on. Okay, great. <laughs> there we go. I don't feel like this is going to get edited. <laughs> I know it won't. Uh, so as I was saying, yes. it's okay. a student movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously at Youthscape, we, um, we focus particularly on uh, teenagers, young mm. people. Uh, if you were to absolutely pin us down, sort of teenagers, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but actually, of course, a lot of teenagers go off and then uh, become students, and so it is a real area of interest for us. Is this the first time that we've spoken about student ministry or stretched kind of our view of youth ministry to include students? And would you say that most youth workers do that anyway, or wow. do we tend to do the cut off eighteen, nineteen? Well, there's a lot of different questions there yes there are uh, yes. as per usual yes of course <laughs> I think a lot of youth workers would say that an area that they would love to do more of you know mm. anecdotally is uh, an area they'd like to do more of is keeping in touch with the, mm. the young people who've gone off to university yeah some do that really well and yeah. actually prioritise it and then of course in the great um, smushing together of ministry roles that's happened in the last few years we've had children's workers children and youth workers 
children's youth and family workers, and I think quite a few youth and student workers, children's youth and student workers, yes. sort of doing several roles yeah. together. Yeah, is that is that called sort of emerging generations? Because that's a phrase I'm hearing a lot yeah. more now. People are employed to work the emerging generations. And my fear that that is everybody under 30. Is that kind of enormous job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm so, so sorry, there's so much noise in the background here. We have wooden floors and no quiet toys. I'm, I'm loving Dave. It's, I've given Dave the code name, Dave. It's not his real name. He's giving more waves to you. Maybe you should be a children's worker. No, Martin. no. Hang on, you've gone too God, far. I think you should. He really responds. Do Look. you think he should, you should, Martin should be... Yeah, he's waving at producer Rachel. He likes well. me. <laughs> and let's go, that's about as far as it goes. He's a good judge of character. Yeah. He's playing Bebo. That is an interesting question about students, isn't it? Because we're going to get stuck into the interview in a minute. And Rich does say some stuff that I thought, oh, yeah, that's really obvious, but I'd never put that together he talks at one point I mean it's slightly a spoiler but he talks about students who then join your church being a great great role models for young people in your church and you think instinctively yes absolutely I know that but have I ever made that part of my strategy I don't mm. know it's interesting well the other end of it is I remember the Youth Work Summit uh, maybe six or seven years ago I remember Miriam Swaffield getting up and speaking yes and talking about she, t- she talked under the title the university dropout and she talked about how something like 75, 76% of Christian young people who go mm. to university then lose their faith there. And I just remember the awful silence yes. in the room, just this absolute sense of kind of despair yes. descending as you thought all these young people who, who yeah. we're investing our, our lives in, mm. you know, if you've got 20 young people in your youth group, mm. that statistic reckons that all but five of them will then lose their faith at university. It's heartbreaking. Now, of course, Miriam also comes up with some brilliant statistics mm. about how many young people become Christians mm. at university. So maybe, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. But mm. um, but certainly, if if we don't invest in, if we don't as youth workers if take an interest in, in our, our young people's faith development and discipleship, once they get to university, Absolutely. then to some extent, we're wasting our time. Absolutely, yeah. My husband's just returned. I'm so pleased. It's his Piccadilly Circus. Do you want to let him in? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't he's know. got keys. You, you go. You go and let him in. I, I don't know, dear listener, whether you're enjoying or capturing some of the chaos of what's going on. On one level, we're trying to have a serious conversation. The other, At the, at the same time, I'm aware that, um, let's call him Dave, is doing uh, is doing kind of like, he's playing, he's come back. He's playing Peepo with producer Rachel. And so at the table that we're sitting at, the two of them are popping up either side of me <laughs> as I'm trying to make a point about youth discipleship. It's great, it's great uh, points. And uh, We're going to start throwing little plastic balls at you and dollies. So I, we're going to start... I have no idea gonna, if you're listening to yeah, this. Yeah, here it is. Here's the ball. I'm going to start chucking it at you. If, ball, if, ball! If that's making any sense at all. Right. Should we just start recording this whole thing again? No, I think they're with us. I think they've, they've held on this far. They oh want us to get. Gosh, if we start again, sorry. they've got to wait longer, haven't they, to get? To get they have. Oh. Hey, Jason. Oh. We can use his the bearded real name. man is here. He's still All called is Jason. All is well. He's still called Jason. Fantastic. So, when it comes to university, I, I think one of the reasons I don't talk about university a great deal is that I didn't go to university. Yeah. Why? I went to Bible college. Why didn't you go to university? Uh, that is so, 
such a good question. I would have liked to have studied English at university. Probably I did the right thing for the wrong reasons. So okay. I'm glad I studied theology, very glad. I'm glad I went to LST, but probably my reasons for going were not good reasons. It was probably slight fear. Mm. I think I grew up in a bit of a Christian bubble. Life had been a bit challenging and a bit difficult. I couldn't quite imagine how I'd cope at uni. And a Bible college course felt like... Not an easier option in terms of academia, because it's not in any way, shape or form. It is still a, a degree. But it probably felt safer in terms of community. If I did my time again, I'd love to have had an, a university experience. I think I would have really thrived, actually. Mm. I think I... Yeah. Anyway, you, you, you had a university I did. Experience. I went to university. Very good. What did you study? I studied English. Beer and no, no, football. I, no, no. I studied English. You did English, did you? Yeah, yeah. And education studies. Did you? And uh, education studies. Now that sounds like is that was that like serious highbrow degree stuff or was it? There's your football. There you are. What was education studies? Well, I was training at one stage to be a teacher. Oh, I see. Sorry, here's me casting aspersions. What were you? You suggesting? You suggesting <laughs> it wasn't a real degree? My GCSEs. I was put in for some kind of. Some kind of topic which is just so like, oh, she won't do very well in her GCSE, so we'll give her this one. Do you mean like general studies? General studies, that's it. That's what yeah. I was asking. Is that the equivalent of that? No. no. No, it's like the study of education. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. So right. I was doing that, and then I switched off into a, a, a non-teaching degree mm. halfway through. Gosh, how different your life might have been. How different? Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, not terribly different. I'd have ended up mm. working with young people. You would have still have done that. Just in a different but you, context. But you became a Christian as a teenager, so now yes. you're entering university. Oh, yes. What, what was that like? Well. Tell us. Tell us some tales. Well, so I was the university dropout, I guess. So I definitely was oh. the young person who went to, to uni and the world of, mm. you know, beer and, and, and... Women. Well, let's not say that. Fast cars, but tall women. Certainly... Fast-moving things. <laughs> Fast-moving things opened up, and uh, and I did a good couple of years where I, you know, where I wasn't really yeah. doing the Christian thing. I'd yeah. sort of believed and said I believed uh, that the faith that I'd mm. kind of grown up, well, not grown up with, but spent four or five years in. Um, but my life didn't really look anything uh, So did like you plateau? That. Was it kind of a two years where your faith just went a bit dormant and you weren't resisting faith, you weren't resisting God, you yeah. were just like, actually, I can't work out how this works here. Yeah. So the easiest way to survive is for this not to be a high-profile part of my identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah a bit of that. And I, I, funnily enough, I won't name him for obvious reasons, but there's a guy who is also quite a significant, uh, sorry, also, who is quite... <laughs> <laughs> Highly significant. Also, is also involved in church leadership. Uh-huh, yeah. And he is quite significant in his role. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, so are you. He, he, thanks, I think I've already <laughs> stated that. Um, who, um, who was at the same college as me. Oh. And uh, and I remember us kind of being in the bar together, yes. and neither of us really practicing our Christian faith oh, very right. strongly. Okay. But both of us had latent Christian faith, which we could put on hold yes. at college yep. for a couple of years until we came to our senses. Ooh. And I remember meeting yes. him, you know, fifteen years ago when we'd both kind of come out the other side of it and gone into Christian ministry, and we both looked at each other like, "What? Oh, wow. You were a Christian? Oh wow! I, I had no idea." 
So that was uh, that's uncomfortable. Isn't I it? Wonder, but that but there we go. That's interesting about the stats, and isn't it? Because if out yeah. of our twenty young people, only five are, are actively going for it, maybe the other fifteen percent end up being church leaders and these yeah. are parachurch organisations. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting. What? So I don't I don't know that stat that I'm quoting yeah, unfairly of yeah, of, um, Miriam, of yeah. Miriam. I think probably um, that seventy six percent losing faith mm. are really those that stop going to church okay. and and say. Do you know what? For a while, I'm going to explore some other worldviews, mm. um, but uh, but then you know most of us probably find our way back at mm. some point towards mm. a church. Mm. I mean, that is my strong sense that that most people who who have a positive experience of a Christian youth group have a bit of a prodigal experience somewhere mm. down the line, mm. even if they don't end up calling themselves Christians. Mm. They probably will, you know. Well, it's John Westerhoff's model of faith formation which yeah. is very old school now I know lots of um, fresh thinkers sort of critique it quite a bit but the idea of the third stage being searching faith and that tends mm. to invariably coincide with your late adolescent years early 20s but unless mm. you've wrestled with this and walked and, and walked away in a way yeah um, then actually it's never becomes an owned faith so I think I think you're going to hear with them um, the interview in a bit just kind of the real opportunities that university opens to young Christians to really search their faith and to leave university with a faith that's really owned. Mm. What I think is really provocative about what Rich talks about is I think he brings quite a challenge into what does it mean to really help people search their faith and to, for it to be owned. And if, if Christians go from a bubble in church to a bubble at university, which could be the Christian union, or could be that they just go and find a local church and then n- never engage with the, with the university, then they're just going from one bubble to the next. So really our job as youth workers is constantly to push our young people out of the boat, isn't it? And say, yeah. keep asking questions. And then at university to do the same rather than they hear this you're going to university oh my goodness your faith will be questioned and you yeah. will leave and actually we need to say to young people this is an amazing opportunity for you to to wrestle your faith so what what when i reflect on my time at university mm-hmm. i didn't find myself confronted with all those other worldviews and go oh gosh maybe christianity isn't right maybe all these other ways of thinking about the world is that because right. you already knew that i think i i think i hadn't i hadn't grown up in a particularly yeah. kind yeah. of closed yeah. minded community mm. so i think i was exposed to a bit of that and i think that's one of the building blocks yeah. when we when we're investing in young people who are going to go off into the big wide world is to to give them an exposure of other yeah. points of view i yeah. think that's part of it but if I was to have my time again, the number one thing I think I would need is is a grounding in self-control. <laughs> I think what I would say is... Along you, here come the chocolate biscuits. Here come a plate hero. of chocolate biscuits. Thank you. But, um, and a very fast car and a very tall woman. Anyway, carry on. That, um... So, <laughs> yes. So, um... So I think, like, self-control yeah. w- was the thing that I both lacked at university mm. um, and also, um, you know, probably no one really talked to me about yeah. beforehand. And, and I think sometimes, you know, having ownership and mastery over your mm. yourself, you know, as mm. a, teen, a teenager, I'm not sure how much we talk to teenagers about that. Mm. The need to just go, actually, I believe this, therefore I'm going to behave this way. Mm. I'm going to hold myself to account. Yeah. Um, and I think about that, that applies to the conversation around pornography, that applies to the conversation around alcohol and drugs. Holidays with your friends. All those things. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, And And going to Bible college. So when you were at Bible college, I've always wondered this, Mm. and I think you've been away for LST 
long enough mm. that you can now not they're not responsible for no. the answer you now yeah, give okay, me all right. but was there any sense of like freshers week Woo-hoo! at uh, LST I think the freshers week was mainly health and safety talks and oh. probably in the evening I saw popping up to the Weatherspoons oh. pub so there wasn't that there was nothing that was in any way shape or form equal to the freshers week experience as I understand it in everywhere else but but we were still young adults who had no one to talk to us about self-control and we were mm. still all flung together in this community where we had lectures but outside lectures we were left to our own devices um, yeah. and so we, we had all of that going on and of course probably what you saw you see Christian adults wrestle with at university was exactly the same at Bible college I think maybe the difference was that we knew corporately we shouldn't really be doing some of this stuff and so it was probably never properly talked about and probably mm. what I feel quite envious is probably the wrong word but when I chat to young people that I mentor now who end up at university and find CEUs or churches with really good accountability I think oh my goodness there's such a clarity of focus and they genuinely are really asking big questions about themselves in a way that mm. at Bible college we sort of, the danger is that you kind of hide all this under a veneer of holiness. Mm. You're all struggling, but no one's being honest. So there's no genuine accountability. There's no genuine character growth. And then what happens when someone slips up? Does the shame culture kick in at that point? It does. And you you expel the the person who who made the mistake. Yeah, made the mistake. And and other people become stuff of legends. You have all the, you know, you know know all the stories of who did what with who and where. Um, Now I'm making it sound as if Bible College is like, the most horrendous thing ever. It's not at no, all, no, but I think it's just really interesting that that you can't assume that just because a young adult's going to be doing a Christian gap year mm. or joining Youth for Christ for a year or joining Pays for a year or going to Bible college that, that somehow being in a Christian environment means that they will automatically be able to handle this stuff better. We've mm. got to be mm. tackling this stuff. And I wonder if at university, Christian students that I see now are going in a little bit more with their eyes open, yeah. knowing they're a little bit more guarded and more aware and they, and they seek out support in a mm. way that maybe we don't do when we're in a Christian bubble. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that's, uh, that's, 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 that's our very different university experiences. <laughs> and at Bible college, there was, I was 19, there was four of us girls who were 19 most of the rest of the intake that year were men. So it was 70% men, 30% women. And so they hadn't really seen young girls. And we were quite naive and silly. So, so. I went to a college that was <laughs> 15 women to every guy. No. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's church stats now, isn't it? Good yeah, yeah. So, Not quite. Oh. But yeah. I Good was. Uh, so it was very much the other way. Yeah. So, so the guys, we had a little band of brothers. We had to. Because <laughs> there was a certain week of the month where... You don't want to leave your room. Uh, oh my goodness. University living is it's hilarious. So, shall we get on to our interview? Yes. Because actually in Rich Wilson, we have somebody who's been walking this and supporting students for many, 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 many years. And I think what's so interesting about him is that what comes out of him is a deep understanding of what the contemporary university experience is. Um, but also this real heart to see university as a place where every young person gets to encounter Jesus. And I think he has that really sort of flying at 30,000 feet kind of perspective, which is so interesting. And you'll hear it in this interview. The Youthscape Podcast! <laughs> you may 
you've heard that lovely listener, that was a mobile phone being slapped down on the side. I've been joined in our towers by Rich Wilson. Welcome, Rich. Thank you, Rachel. And I just was quizzing you, what is your official title? And I love this, get ready for this. You are Fusion Movement Leader. Yes. What is that in layman's terms? Uh, <laughs> it's slightly more than team leader and not quite ready for anything too grand like international or global. So it's as big as the movement, and I'm, I guess I'm trying my best to steer us into what God has for us. And, and, it, and it's, it's not so much fusion as a movement, but we're learning how to join in with God's movement. That is beautiful. And the, the specific focus is around student ministry. It is. Which, which I have to say, before any youth workers like switch off and go, oh, it's student ministry, I'm a youth worker. You've now got about 60 seconds to keep these lovely listeners listening. Why, why do we need to be talking about the student ministry? I, mean, I haven't even prepped you for this. Well, actually, well, I'm banging on the desk again. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a, I am a huge fan of youth workers. Oh, because, you, yeah. because by and large, virtually all student work is built on the hard work of youth work. Mm. So there's this continuity of seeing young people become young adults. Uh, and we get to inherit all the hard work, all the prayers, and, and our hope is that we can take them forward so that they become mature adults and they can play their parts in church mm-hmm. and society. So student ministry is just part of the next part of a person's journey. That's wow. all it is. Wow. Yeah. And I suppose that, I mean, that is so good to hear. One of the fears for us as youth workers is whenever every year, generally at sort of festivals and events, people trot out the statistics about the number of Christian young people that walk away from their faith when mm. they hit university. Yeah. Is that still the case? How, how do you feel about that space? I still feel it is a really critical time. So I, I think it's, it's that image of the crossroads and it's not just Christian students, it's any student. They, they arrive at university and they're at a crossroads and they're kind of asking, which way shall we go? You know, what's the good way? What's the good way for my life? And that's a really important question. And I think Christians, alongside lots of other students, don't always make the best choices at that point. And so they might not fall away from faith but they might not get stuck into a vibrant church community. And so they become less effective in terms of what they can do at university. So I'm, I'm still passionate that we don't um, pretend that this isn't a critical time. It's a hugely critical time. It's massively important that we prepare young people for this transition. And it's the start of adulthood for most. What does it mean now to be an adult? They've been part of of being a youth and they've learned about some adult things, but now they get to try it, they, they get mm. to flesh it out. So I think it's still hugely important. Mm. I suppose that transition time, as you, yeah, as you say, it's a very important transition. I and mean, there'll be young people in our churches and in our youth programmes who won't transition into university, of course. You want to kind of mm. say that very early on. Um, so we will absolutely be talking about them too. But for those who are going to university, it is opening them up to a, a big, bad, crazy world where a number of the boundaries and the constraints don't exist anymore, which is really important, isn't it? Yes. For adulthood, that we, you learn to stand on your own two feet. So yeah. you're, you say very kindly you're building on the good work of youth workers. What, what do you see good youth workers do in this space? What's the most helpful thing for young people transitioning from home, home church to uni? What helps that? I think it's the same um, for the young people who transition to uni or just transition into work or apprenticeship. Uh, and it's that foundational discipleship in identity. So if we, if we can get that piece right, mm-hmm. almost whatever the transition, whatever people go into, 
that that is the foundational part and that's what we would say for university is asking the question who are you going to be at university and the young person having confidence to go this is who I am this is who I understand myself to be given what I've learnt about uh, who God says I am and and I guess living in, in that identity and it's probably the same for anyone entering the workplace who am I going to be in the workplace am I going to get swept along by the workplace and the culture or is there another set of kind of guidelines that I want to live by and live out so I think it's probably similar so I think that that piece of investment that relational investment we probably call it discipleship where a young person understands to a deeper level who they are mm. is the very best foundation for life and we can't predict what they're going to do or what sectors they're going to go mm. into but that core core element of their identity is the piece to put in mm. place and that's what's under threat so that's what you're contending with as as youth workers that's what we're contending with as a church there's this tidal wave of of, of media and nonsense out there that's attacking our identity and so the, the very best thing you can do is strengthen identity. Mm. And I guess for, for many of us and many of the young people we work with, maybe that challenge and that question of identity happens before university years. Maybe none of that happens until university years. It's going to be quite hard as a youth worker knowing that you don't want to kind of preempt it. You don't want to be no. kind of pushing young people out saying, come on, yeah. like, look at who you are, when actually they're, they're doing quite well within this space and they, and they need the nurture and they don't need us rocking the boat too much. But there are other young people who we work with who, who really are asking the big questions and they really need that space. So um, in terms of your work as Fusion, you, you guys are less focused on the Christian Union type approach to youth ministry, student ministry. You're much more interested in working with a local church to support and reach young people, young students. I keep going to young people, that's my little <laughs> default. They are still young they people. They are still young people. Uh, they're also young adults. Yeah, um, across every page. So why is that? Why is that a conscious decision that you're not so much focused on CU type stuff? I think because that ground is well established, it's well covered, they do a great job. Um, we feel the student mission field has got so big that um, we actually need more workers. Uh, and actually we need more approaches and styles and that often universities are small cities within cities they contain such a diversity of people uh, we actually need a diversity of, of, of um, mission to reach them and for me the local church uh, for many years has kind of been sleeping on the sidelines supportively sleeping they've, they, don't hear me wrong they've been they've been releasing but they've maybe not been owning the mission field for themselves and in recent years, it seems that God has been speaking to his church about being on the front line of student mission. And, and I, I feel that fusion has, has been brought about in the plans and the economy of God to serve that agenda, to mm. help hundreds, if not thousands of churches across the UK and Europe uh, reach out to students, see them discipled and ultimately sent mm. and commissioned to make uh, a, a contribution that, that sees the world change because uh, of what they've encountered at university. At Youthscape we're always asking the question of ourselves and encouraging local churches to ask the question um, what more could we do in reaching young people? Whether we're a massive church with endless resources or a tiny church, what could we do? When it comes to student ministry, I suppose the same applies, isn't it? Because I could think, well, I, I'm in a church in a city where there isn't a, uni a student population particularly, or in a town or in a village. 
Um, and, and so student ministry isn't really for me, isn't really for us. What would be your response to that? I think it's amazing when you, when you kind of trace it, how interconnected we are. So I don't know many churches in the UK who haven't got someone in their church who hasn't been through university. So kind of what goes around comes around. Um, I think it's always hard to send young people off to university if there's not many young people in the church. But we have to do that. We can't hold on to them. We have to send them. And so my, my answer is, I think whenever, you're, whenever there's an 18-year-old who's going off to university, you've got a responsibility to send them really well and equip them and think about how you send them and, and trust that actually down the line things will come around mm-hmm. again you know there'll be a you know it might not be that identical young person young adult mm-hmm. who comes back around but another one maybe mm-hmm. in a family who's been at university elsewhere been sent now got work close by looking for a church community um I think we get we get a bit territorial over our people at times, and I think when when we touch students, we have to have this releasing and sending mm. attitude that we we get to journey with them for for a section of their race, mm. but ultimately we have to send them. That's a beautiful vision. I have heard some really awful horror stories of young adults saying. Um, oh, I've got a really supportive, loving church. They they really love me. I've grown up in this church, or I became a Christian as a teenager, and they really cared for me. But when I said I was going to university, it was all the naysay, like, oh well, you know, be careful because mm. people want to challenge your faith, and be careful because you're going to hear lots of new ideas, <laughs> as if like young people are not hearing anything until they get to university. Yeah, yeah. But I said that that still, I can't believe it still is there, but that is still many people's experience, isn't it? The church then as a way of showing love and kindness and protection yeah. is a kind of a, ooh, be careful, like, yeah. you know, don't get quite diluted and, and polluted. What, what would sending a student well look like? Especially if we are concerned about, you know, make good choices and remember you're loved. And yeah. what, what are the messages? No, I, I love that, Rachel. That's a, a hilarious argument, given they've all got access to the internet for like <laughs> yeah. the last six years. Um, yeah, they're, they're not going to... I guess they get to live it out when they get to university. They get to make some choices themselves. I think if we can, um, if we can spend some time thinking through with them who they're going to be and the opportunities they have. So our vision is that students don't just survive university, but they, they thrive. Yeah, right, yeah. And actually they don't just go with the flow of culture, but they begin to shape elements yeah, of it. Right. And, and I think that's all possible. And, and we've seen it happen time and time again. But uh, it, it seems to happen best where there's been some strong youth group foundations and where time has been spent specifically talking through who you're going to be at university and how you're going to respond maybe to some of the pressure points mm-hmm. as well as some of the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well, let me talk about Student Linkup. Student Linkup is a great bridge for that because that helps build a connection between your sending church and the church maybe in the place where you're going to study mm-hmm. and you can you can browse an app called student link up for churches um, that tell, tell, tell you a little bit about themselves uh, and then give you the opportunity to get in contact with them and message them so any church could register to be on student link any church yeah. can be on that Brilliant. yeah fantastic yeah. So what about um, churches? Because of course, youth workers are listening to this, youth work volunteers, maybe actually are in a church where there is a bit of a student population around, but maybe actually, um, probably a bit like me, you've got a vision for youth ministry, but it kind of stops at yeah. 18, 19. I would say that's probably one of my weaknesses, I think, a little bit with this. 
What you're not talking about always employing a student worker, but what could youth ministry look like that does stretch a bit further than what we have classically seen as our boundaries? What what could it look like for us to kind of get hold of the needs of the students, a new group coming into the area? Um, really good question. I think it, I think it starts. You, there has to be a sense of. Um, God leading in that direction because if we're just trying to do it because they're there it's, it's not really going to provide the motivation we need uh, I think students can provide absolutely brilliant role models for young people so a couple of years on in their faith uh, and and linking them up I know in uh, my church in Loughborough uh, some of the young people the 15 16 year olds they actually like being around the students um, more than their mums and dads it's hard to mm. believe but they like being the expressions <laughs> where the students are mm. um, and building friendships and also that they're great role models so students that are on fire for God are great role models for, mm. for young people so if there is a way and I, there are a few students uh, youth workers student workers who bridge that mm. um, th- th- there are some things that can be done together mm. um, that's really key that's fantastic yeah. isn't it so if people wanted to find out more about Fusion, you've got the Student Link Up app, which I think we really want to recommend every church that has a heart for young people and young adults to register there and let, yes. them, let them find you. Yes. What else is on offer from the plethora of resources <laughs> at Fusion? <laughs> well, there's a few. Um, I say alongside the Student Link Up app and the, and the ability to register your church on the website is um, a pack called the Student Link Up box. And that... What, <laughs> I don't know whether this is wholly true or not, but what we've said in that box is there's everything you need to start university in one box. Um, certainly in terms of vision and values, wow. maybe not everything. Yeah. And that <laughs> is something that you can get for every school leaver. So if you know someone who is going to be starting university next September, uh, the box only costs £10, uh, which compared to what it costs to go to university, mm. uh, it's, you know, it's, mm. it's such a small amount. But in terms of the equipping that it can give, is really really helpful and it works best as well if uh, there's other young people who are starting university mm-hmm. so if there's a, a cluster from the same church or maybe the same town mm. um, then they can go through that together that that would probably be the main resource I'd recommend absolutely yeah um, I think also I, I've got another resource that isn't fusions now but it's either on Netflix or BBC iPlayer but they um, and regularly they put these up so documentary dramas where it's students when they arrive at university are given a a camera and they just have to Ah. film their experience and I think actually that is such an eye-opener that we need to be watching and also showing the rest of the church as well because I think it really struck me recently watching one of those thinking I'm a youth worker I'm passionate about the teenagers and I'm now watching a bunch of teenagers without family without the friends without the network suddenly living in this tiny little room with their pot noodle they don't quite know how to work and, <laughs> and the social anxiety and the fear and, the, and it just gave me this it just stretched my heart for mm. of course of course this group that I kind of think well I'm not a student worker so therefore they're not my bag so I think it's really important for us as youth workers I think to kind of immerse ourselves in just stretching that vision a little bit. And I think that's what it is. It is a stretch because I know how demanding youth work is. Mm. And actually, almost when they're out of sight, they're out of mind. Yeah. But if there is any bit of capacity left to stay in contact, to drop them a WhatsApp you and encourage them, the church to do it. Yeah. Yeah, mm. then, then it makes a massive difference. Mm. Um, 
because they are going in at times to a very, very new environment and, and they're, they're having to find their feet. And yeah. any encouragement that they can get from their, their church family is going to go a long, so long way. Good. So one last question for you, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at this, um, <laughs> but there are pieces of research flying around, good, reputable bits of research, <laughs> um, often in other contexts. So just saying that this generation of young adults want their friends to know about their faith, but just because of the fear of intolerance or concern about how to do it or just a genuine sense that actually you shouldn't you shouldn't push what you believe in other people and mm. kind of holding back from sharing faith with their friends yeah. and yet the story at fusion i hear time again from miriam and your mm. colleagues and others is that there's a real openness among young adults yeah, to yeah. try church and that's that's your kind of strap line isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, so what is it that you're seeing um well I, I don't think we have to take every bit of research to heart um, you know, I think I preferred some of the older letters and bits of research, you know, either, you know, the New Testament or elsewhere, where, where Paul talks about, you know, we, we were not only pleased to share the gospel, we were pleased to share our lives as well. And I think there's something in this generation that are very good at sharing their lives. Uh, and in doing so, they can also share the gospel. Uh, and my, my experience is, once they, once their identity straightened out, then uh, some of the fears around that dissipate because in sharing their lives they become known and once they become known it means that they can say things that their friends don't necessarily need to agree with but because they know they love them it's okay and I think that's they're the sort of disciples we want to build up and I'd say if that is the case in the research then there's probably some discipleship stuff that I'd want to challenge I don't just want to take it just as it is but I'd want to challenge it and mm-hmm. say actually no we have got something to share uh, that means that life with Jesus is a better life and uh, our lives demonstrate that as we share it and uh, I'm confident that there's more and more young Christian adults who are not just sharing the gospel but they're also sharing their lives and the two are congruent, the two sit together really well. Thank you Rich so much. Youthscape podcast. Great interview Rachel. Mm -hmm. Um, We just before we went into the interview we were talking about our different experiences of university life mm-hmm. um, and I wondered like, I suppose for you becoming part of a church was kind of part of the deal was it so you were you lived up did you live in in yeah, halls? halls of residence yeah and so then how do you join a church when you're at bible college and how well, do you choose this is part of the rebellious thing because you're studying theology and you're working out all the things that church get wrong and so actually joining a church is really tough psychologically yeah. and so classically bible college students find it very hard to join church so i think i jumped around a bit and i joined the school's work team Oh. And the preaching team, so I didn't do a lot of local church stuff, um, but I but I did join a church in Harrow that I would sometimes go to, and and it and I think I don't know whether my experience as a theology student is different to your student's experience as, a, as an English student, but I found that the church didn't really want to get to know me, and I'm that sounds a bit kind of mm. sub story, but I think I really felt from the church that they knew that you'd be gone in a couple of years. Yeah. They knew you'd only be around in term time, not the holidays. Probably I came across a little bit entitled, and I know what I'm talking about because I'm studying theology. Mm. Maybe they'd like to have experience with other Bible college students who'd been a bit more like that. And so yeah. it, it didn't feel that they were like, great, let's get to know you, come around for dinner. Mm. There was there was none of that. So there's a little challenge for all of us who go to a church mm. there, isn't there? Yeah. All of us probably yeah. need to look out for those that are in... You yeah, sort of transitory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, for me, mm-hmm. I I went to university just as Fusion started, actually. How so just you? as Fusion was getting going, I remember there was like a Fusion really? uh, group that started at my university. Oh, wow. Um, just in the very early days. Was Rich think, Wilson the leader that you're well, talking about? <laughs> he, might been, he might have been around, I don't know. Oh. Um, so it was at Cambridge yeah. in about the in the late 90s, and I think that was about when it started. Um, but what Fusion have been brilliant at is introducing this idea of connecting young people with local churches and I think so when I went off to university that idea just hadn't really landed on youth leaders Uh, and so they sent you off on your way and reminded you to get yourself a a church when you arrived but your home Um, church was still the one you yeah but you're still connected to your home church Um, and so it took me ages to find a church that I connected with in Cambridge how did you go about finding it well I mean if I'm really honest there was a girl I fancied that went to the one that I ended up at. That's nice and convenient. But I married her. Oh. Reader, I married her. Oh, so Joe. it was all fine. Yeah. Um, so I just went to that church to try and impress her and, and make her think mm. that I wasn't completely off the rails. Um, That's a was good her strategy. Concern. It was her concern at the time, I think, with some with some good reason. Um, but but I didn't have a sort of a... I didn't arrive at university thinking, right, I've got a checklist here, sort out what I'm going to eat, mm. uh, you know, where I'm going to wash, and uh, and where I'm going to go to church. I mm. just didn't have that kind of a checklist. Um, I did eat and wash, mm. obviously, for the first couple of terms. But it took <laughs> me longer to find a church. Um, and so I think it's really important mm. for, for us as youth leaders when we know we're sending young people to university. And of course, let's we haven't put the caveat in yet, so let's say not all young people go off to university. Of course they do. Yes, don't. absolutely. But in this episode, yes, we are talking about some, those young yes, people that we, we do, do send off to university. Yeah. Um, so forgive us. Um, but I think when we do know that young people are going off to university, we should really take an active role in in helping to link them up, mm. not just with fusion, but also with you know having a, doing a little bit of a Google it doesn't take you very long at all to find mm. out what are some good churches yeah, in the town that your young people are going to. Yeah. Um. And and I think if I'd land again, if I'd landed in a church on day one, I think I probably would have had less of a rebellious patch. Mm, that's very interesting. I suppose as well, it's really important that we talk about how church is different to Christian Union. Now, not every university has a Christian Union, and not every Christian young person wants to go to a Christian Union. But I think that's, I think, one of the things that I chat to the young people I mentor about, which is, if there is a CU and, you know, go and invest in it, brilliant. But that is not instead of church, because it's a group of people, you're all the same age, you're working this stuff out, you need to have people of all different ages who can look after you, care for you, nurture you, challenge you, and if and for it to be outside of this uni experience, so it's not just this bubble. Mm. You really think that's really I cool. hated to you yeah. as well, so it's really good. Well, at Bible so College, my friend and I tried to start off a Christian Union. At Bible College? <laughs> just thought, yeah, we did, did you need one? Well, we just thought it'd be hilarious, because we were like, we're missing out on all this kind of stuff our Christian friends are going through at uni. So we set up, we put posters around LST, and we, we, we said, we're going to meet together, we're going to start this Christian Union, and the first one is, who is Jesus anyway? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing did you put up lunatic liar or lord no we didn't do th- oh, I don't know actually we might have done something we were oh, a bit silly amazing a bit facetious you could have had like a Steve Flashman or some <laughs> other evangelist in to do a week of, of, uh, of sessions with you. No Chris Curtis could have come know. in. Yeah, he could have done. Oh. No one would have quite known whether we're being sincere or just, you know, they wouldn't As have it understood. is even today. Right? Yeah, absolutely ironic. Oh. Mm. No, but I say I hated CU, so just to qualify that, CUs are great, mm-hmm. but I'd sort of gone to CU and didn't connect at all with the people there. And so yeah. I almost threw out church at the same time. 
You know, I was like, oh, yes. gatherings of Christians, yes. not for me. Yes. And and actually, some CUs are great. Some CUs are really hierarchical. Yes. And yeah. there's, a, there's an in. Yeah, and if you're absolutely. Not in the in, you know, yeah. so, some don't um, agree with women leadership and all that kind of stuff. So you've got to, indeed. You've got to keep As an eye on it. Indeed. As didn't mine. Yeah, at the time. you've got to keep an eye on it. So interesting stuff, food for thought. What we do at our church is anybody that is going to be moving on to university or moving into the world of work or the next stage, we do an evening for them and we give them a few books. So we give them... Um, the latest Tim Keller actually generally always the reason for God that's a brilliant mm. one um, Krish Kandai's Faithism um, we need to get some of yours I think that'd be no, quite no. good no that sounds like <laughs> that is the complete list of books you need but we like to do an evening where we sort of say actually this this is your opportunity to ask these big questions and here's some good books and here's student link up and, and what do you need from us and who's going to be writing to you regularly who's going to be calling you regularly yeah. and just keep in check like that so good so so good so that's ended the podcast for this week we now need to do the shout outs well, there's a new shout out list there's a new shout out list written in orange pen very exciting lovely okay Yes, indeed. Mm. So, uh, so hello to Ben Doggett. You have a great name. You do. And uh, apparently, new podcast listener. Mm. So, I hope you're caught up. Presumably, it's now 2084. You finally <laughs> caught up with with whatever episode of the podcast. New this is. podcast listener who actually contacts us via Twitter. Yeah, so that's amazing. On, we love still it. Still on Twitter. Still on Twitter. Still going. Rory O'Halloran, also similar vein. We think you're awesome and you're talking to us on Twitter and we love that. Now I'm going to do a little personal shout out now. <gasps> Who's this? To uh, somebody who has be- actually become one of my volunteer youth leaders. Oh, awesome. Uh, but is also trying to head up the youth work at uh, the local Methodist church oh, in Rygate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's uh, she's also one of my brilliant volunteers because she just can't get enough youth work. So that's Angela Tuff and she is also, Ange is also a devoted podcast listener. And I think a few words of like inspiration from you into her life would probably be Really amazing. So if you could come up with something now Aww. to say. Just could you say something well, to Angela's I think, life? Angela, I think people's names matter. And I've written your name, your surname down as T-O-U-J. Is that Which how she spells it? No. It's wrong. That's incorrect. Okay, it is incorrect. But I, I've still written it as that, Angela. And I think you're stronger than you think you are. And I think it's phenomenal. That own, not only on top of your own youth ministry, but you're also supporting the much in need, Martin Saunders. You are a tough cookie, Angela, and we think you're awesome. So get ready for big stuff coming your way. <laughs> that sounds like a wow. cookie. Yeah, that's, that's I amazing. Don't, I don't know, actually, Angela, if big stuff's coming your way. No, it is. You sound like Mystic Meg. I do. Right, and Love finally, stuff's going and finally. Yeah. Christine Blair. So Christine... I won't tell you her age. She recently turned a very significant birthday. Yes. Um, and she's been doing volunteer youth work for a long time. In fact, I said to her recently, is, is youth work your full-time paid job? She said, youth work is my full-time, full-time thing. I'm not paid for it. So this amazing woman who has all sorts of skills and she does a bit of this and a bit of that, she sees her volunteer youth ministry as her main thing in her life that God's called her to. Mm. And every week in Heswall, in the, on the Wirral, she has up to about 50 teenagers in her home. Wow. Eating hot food, probably eating her out of house and home, just having a bit of fellowship and hanging out and talking about Jesus. Yeah. You are amazing, Christine. Now, I know for you, Christine, a few words from me will be oh, incredibly... Oh, I would, sorry. Yes, it would. Incredibly <laughs> transformational. And so I just want to say, Christine, don't worry that your your name is, uh, is the name of a murderous car in a Stephen King book. What? And... And what? of course, the, the guy who who people didn't like, who was prime minister. Oh, okay. Don't worry about that. I don't think she was one. Don't worry about that because I'm looking at your name and I'm also. Do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking Lionel. Lionel. I'm thinking Lionel. A little bit of Lionel. And uh, Lionel Blair, all he did was bring joy. 
He brought joy into the lives of millions. Especially when there are only four TV channels. Right, Ben Doggett and Rory O'Halloran, we're not going to go into your names, but good stuff's coming your way as well. No, we're literally (laughs) now doing the shout-out horoscopes. Uh, Let's stop. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. Friends, we think you're awesome! We hope you're enjoying the Youthscape podcast. It is free and always will be. But if you would like to support us, uh, please visit patreon.com slash youthscape. Oh, I'm so tired. Sorry, guys. <laughs>